don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to like tag them in your Instagram story. That's another great way to reach a brand. Just tagging them in your everyday outfit looks, making sure that they see you in some capacity, tagging them, emailing them, doing that sort of thing. And then I feel like what I said earlier makes sense is just being yourself on yeah. your Instagram or TikTok or whatever platform you're on. Hey guys, welcome back to the Currently Bossing Podcast, powered by the Boss Up Inc. On this podcast, we discuss all things relating to career, social media, influencer marketing, and what it really takes for you to create your mark in today's digital landscape. I'm your host, Brittany Nicole, founder and CEO of The Boss Up Inc. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Currently Bossing Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Nicole, founder and CEO of The Boss Up, Inc. Today, we're chatting with Who What Wears resident influencer marketing manager, Nora Murphy. Nora works in both pre-sale and post-sale, seeing campaigns through from start to finish with some of the top clients in fashion and beauty. She's constantly inspired and motivated by the people she works with, both on the client and talent end, and is always finding new ways to innovate in such an exciting and fast-paced part of the industry. She's a huge people person, which explains why this career is one for her. When she's not working, Nora can be found enjoying time at her apartment in Hoboken with her boyfriend, her kitten, and her closest friends, decorating her bedroom, and of course, scrolling TikTok. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on here. And I know that our listeners are going to love this conversation so much. So welcome. (laughs) Thank you. I am so excited to be here. And I hope your listeners love it. I can't wait to chat with you about everything and all things influencer marketing and beyond. Yeah. So I, I love to start with the question of asking you to tell our listeners more about you and your career story. So spill all the details. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I actually have kind of a unique career story, I feel. So I'm really excited to share it. But then I guess a little bit about me um, is that I work at Who What Wear as the influencer marketing manager. Um, That's kind of my day to day life. I live in New Jersey. We were just saying I live in Hoboken, New Jersey. I just got a kitten this year. So that's kind of a fun little life update. Her name is Clove. So in case anyone hears any (laughs) kitten noises, it is her. She is codependent on me because of the pandemic. (laughs) But I feel like that is just life these days. Um, And then in terms of fun facts about my career. So uh, jumping all the way back in time, which feels like forever ago, Mm -hmm. I went to Parsons for college in the city. And that is like a, you know, fashion-y, cool school in case anyone ever watched Gossip Girl, that is where Jenny Humphrey was supposed to go. And she had that like random interview with Tim Gunn. But yeah, so I went to Parsons all four years. And while I was there, I became super into being the like career girl. Like I was the girl who always had an internship. I think I had like seven internships at a certain point. Um, And I also commuted to school. So I was like, never still I was working at home. I had two babysitting jobs. I worked at two boutiques and I had my internships every semester. So I was quite busy and I became like obsessed with this idea of like growing my career and being a career woman. And I feel like it's still such a thing now, which is awesome. Like now that's just like almost normal. And like, that's so fun. And there's so many more resources. Like what you do, Brittany literally is such an amazing resource for women like who are in the industry now, but also growing. And I wish I had that when I was in college, but I kind of just like figured it out as I was going. 
And one of my internships was at College Fashionista. And I was there for a whole year when I was a junior in college, I think. Yes, I was a junior. And then I went to a different internship the fall semester of senior year. But then I was like, okay, I really want to work at College Fashionista. So I reached out to them and I asked if they needed any spring interns for that last semester of college. And they're like, yeah, we obviously want you back on the team because I was there for a whole year. And I feel like I kind of had, you know, my bearings by that point. I was super helpful. And I, it's such a small team that I feel like I was actually involved rather than just like getting lattes, which I have done also many times. So (laughs) it was like a mix of both. And then I was like, okay, I need to finesse my way to get a job here. I really want to work here. So I kept saying to them, "Mm, any news about a job, anything like that? And they're like, oh, we'll keep you posted. They kept me posted, kept me posted. I mean, it was so nice that they even were like advocating for me. And then I graduated college. And I remember being like, oh my God, I'm like a statistic, which I don't even believe in anymore. But at the time I was so like gung ho about getting a job before I graduate. I was like, I need to leave college with a job. And I didn't. And so I went to my graduation, I left and I went to my childhood bedroom and laid on my bed and was like, damn, what am I gonna do? Then I got a call from my internship manager. And she was like, hey, we actually opened a role for you. You start on Monday. And I was like, (laughs) literally, they were like, we're so happy that this ended up working out. We've been working on it for months. And I didn't know any of this. I literally thought that they were like, yeah, we'll work on it. (laughs) But they were actually genuinely working on it. Mm -hmm. And I started that coming Monday as their community engagement associate, which was basically just like managing the college fashionista students and their community. And it was a huge amount of fashionable college students who wanted to be part of this like girls supporting girls group and they had a website and an influencer team and as I continued my role at college fashionista doing community engagement I became really interested in influencer work because they did like that college student influencer type of programming and then seeing what the other teams at the time they were owned by click so Mm -hmm. seeing what the other teams at click were doing and seeing what influencers they were working with I was like oh I want to do that so I told my manager hey I'm feeling a little bit stagnant in my role, which by the way, for anyone listening, I've learned and I'm quite scared of doing this, but like, I've learned that you have to advocate for yourself and like, you literally will get it. Like (laughs) odds are, if you work hard enough, it'll work out. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like I was so scared to tell her that I was feeling bored, honestly. And like, I loved my job. It was like my dream job and they literally made it for me. They made it happen for me. So I felt a little bit guilty, but I was like, I want to keep doing it for college fashionista. I just want to do something that contributes to like the revenue of the company. I want to keep learning. And again, the whole, Oh, we'll let you know. And I was like, okay, (laughs) then we get to my yearly review. So I guess eight months after I started working and there's all these random people in my review. And I was like, who are any of you? And I had heard of them because they were on the influencer team. They were, you know, the VP of the influencer team. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know why they're here, but nice to meet you guys officially. And they're like, oh, they're here because we're switching you to the influencer marketing team at Who It Where. And I was like, what? So that is how I ended up basically in my role now. And at the at that time, I was the influencer marketing associate. And now I am the influencer marketing manager as of this year, I just got promoted, which is really exciting. Yeah. But basically, yeah, my whole career journey was just me being like, I want something and I'm going to work really hard at it. And people being like, okay, congrats, you got it. Which is like, obviously, there's a lot more things that went into it. Yeah. But it was just crazy how it always ended up working out. And I feel so lucky. But yeah, that's my long winded story. But I think it's crazy. No, and I feel like that's so that's so awesome. Because there are a lot of us who are scared to like advocate for ourselves and like, talk ourselves up in jobs because of imposter syndrome and so many other things. And so that just, yes. when you do speak up for yourself, there's a higher chance for you getting what you want. 
instead of like staying in something and then being resentful and then like saying like no one's noticing your hard work when you're not speaking up that is so true about the resentment thing and I definitely am someone who's like imposter syndrome to the max like Mm -hmm. I'm the type of person which is horrible and you not a good habit for anyone out there is if someone says to me like oh you did such a great job on this I'm like they literally had to say that to me because they're my coworker and they want me to feel good and like that's so bad so being in that mindset and still pushing myself to be like I know that this is the right thing it ended up being the right thing time and time again so it's just like knowing what's good for you and taking the plunge and doing the scary thing because the scary thing lasts for three seconds and then you have a really good thing after that that's kind of just the way that I see it yeah, you got to like reassure yourself and validate yourself. Um, and that's where you start to work on that. But congratulations on your new role. So tell us all about it. Like tell us what you do on a day to day and just like some of your routine, especially now since we're kind of like working remote. Mm, so true. It definitely has changed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm the influencer marketing manager at Who What Wear, which basically means that I day to day run our campaigns from start to finish. So mm-hmm. at Who What Wear, we basically have an internal influencer marketing team that's comprised of myself, our VP, Rachel Zellick, and then three other like amazing coworkers. So it's a small team, but we're quite mighty. We do so many amazing things every single day and kind of like the crux of the job and just like the really basic things that we do is we work in pre-sale, at least on my end, I do the branding content. Mm-hmm. So that means that, you know, in pre-sale, we get a brainstorm from a client. And the client will say, hey, I have X amount of dollars to spend on this. What can we get from you that might have influencer, that might have who it wears stories, that might have who it wears social, maybe it has an event. You know, we do all of those things. Mm-hmm. And so all of the team members come together and it's usually one person or two people from our team, a few people from branded content, a few people from social, et cetera. We all come together and we come up with an idea. Mm-hmm. Then we all go our separate ways. We get our pricing numbers back on what our team has to spend. And then we go in and we do, you know, we do the numbers. We figure out what makes the most sense for the client based off of their goals and based off of the budget that they're giving us. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we send it out and we hope, we really hope that our strategy works. And then if we're lucky, which we usually are, um, because we have such an amazing team, we win the business. And then from there... Our team, if it's including influencer, we kind of really dive into the creative nitty gritty of everything. We send the client a questionnaire about what they want from the influencers on everything down to however many words they want in their Instagram caption. They tell us everything. And then we go in and we find the kind of influencers they're looking for based off of their goals. Then we send them a bigger list and then they send us who they approve. Then we do outreach to the amount of people. Then we contract them. Then we send them the products. We kind of do like a white glove service where we handle everything and the client just has to say yes or no. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we do the campaign wrap and then we're done. And I feel like that's, you know, like the basics of it all. But then there's other things that you do too, which is maintaining relationships with influencers, maintaining relationships with agencies, with clients, making sure that you're always in the know with like what the trends are, always making sure to be aware of what's going on in the world. That's something huge that like what you just said, has come up a lot in like 2020 and now going into 2021 is being like super mindful of everything and keeping that in mind when you're working, you know, making sure you know what people's personal circumstances are and being sensitive to that. You know, it's, it's a lot of managing personalities. So I think with that, you have to come with being like quite aware of what's going on everywhere, including with who you're working with. So it's really hands-on, but I love it. I'm like a huge people person. And that's kind of just what it is day to day is like using your personality chatting with people and it's honestly so fun because it's so creative and you get to meet all these cool new people 
Yeah, I love it. Thank you for giving us that breakdown, too, because I feel like when people think about anything regarding like influencer marketing or influencer managing, they just think, okay, come up with this campaign idea, get influencers, send them products. But it's so much that comes, so much that goes along with that. Um, So many small details that if you like miss something, it can easily like turn into a whole nother thing. And so that breakdown key. So when it comes to selecting influencers for campaigns, um, obviously there's a lot that goes in it depending on what the brand specifically is looking for. But what do you mm-hmm. like really like catches your eye or really solidifies you like, yes, we want to work with them? Yeah. So that's a really good question. Cause again, like you just said, I feel like people just think like, oh, there's a girl with a few followers. We're going to send her something. And like, that's nowhere near what it's like. So I'm so happy you asked that question. I feel like there's a few general things that you look for for any campaign, regardless of the style of it. And that might be the engagement rate of the influencer. Um, There's actually a documentary that just came out on HBO called Fake Followers. And it's like diving into the world of influencers who have bought their followers or have the bots and, you know, that kind of thing. And now there's so many databases that you can use to find that out so easily that it's like, we immediately won't work with them because what are we getting out of that campaign at that point? Like nothing, (laughs) no one's getting anything out of it. No, really. Exactly, literally. And it's like, once we get once we get the results of the campaign, we'll be able to see that those followers were fake anyway, because it's not a lot of likes and comments. So it's like, that's something that we always look for strong engagement rate, you know, based off of industry standard, nothing insane, you don't need an 18% engagement rate all the time. But as long as you have the what's base level, you're already going to be considered. I feel like having a certain style of content works for us. But again, like you just said, that's even more so where it gets specific with the client. So if our clients are looking for an influencer who, you know, they have the editorial inspired imagery, then we immediately aren't going to look at you, maybe the more like Gen Z girls who do the like casual Instagram. But if it's on the flip side and if they're like, I want to work with people who do whatever they want and it's crazy and it's cool, then we'll be like, here you go. Here's those Gen Z kids with the casual Insta. Like you kind of just have to pick and choose. And then something else too is the KPI of the campaign. So If it's sales, then you're going to try and find someone who has a strong conversion rate. You know, people buy from them. Mm -hmm. Or if it's imagery, which is, again, something that I know you brought up is, you know, the industry shifting so much last year and like continuing to shift the same way this year. A lot of brands have finally begun to respect influencers as content creators, Mm -hmm. which is honestly how I usually use the word anyway, where you are skilled at creating content. So whether that means reels or TikTok or in-feed images or, you know, a GIF, whatever, you can contract influencers who have a really strong content creation skill for that KPI. So there's a lot of different ways that we look at it. You know, obviously we look at follower count, depending on what the client ended up purchasing. Mm -hmm. We look at location. If there's an event happening in Miami, we're not going to contract someone in Nashville (laughs) to promote it. But all those things come into play. And I think it's just all about being who you are so genuinely, again, not buying the followers, posting the imagery, you like doing things that make you happy. And the reason your audience follows you, like you will get campaigns because of it, because there's always someone looking for someone like you. So it's just like stick to that and someone will find you. But I would say the engagement rate thing and not stressing about the followers is what's most important overall, you know, industry wide. Yeah, I love that. And when you're thinking about influencers, maybe who are just now trying to tap into the space and trying to get a a feel with like their niche and just overall content, how do you feel like they can go about catching the eyes of their favorite brands? And so I've read like a lot of articles and my favorite story is 
um, Negan Mercilite, where she mm-hmm. started off her career taking photos in high fashion luxury brands because she knew that she wanted to work with those kind of brands. So it's kind yep. of started off intentional and strategic. So what do you think about that? No, I was about to say that would be one of my first things is like creating content for the brand, (laughs) doing it organically, showing them that you can do it, you know, looking at what they're posting and seeing, hmm, how can I fit into this? Mm -hmm. Again, doesn't necessarily mean you need to like shift your style because I feel like some brands have, you know, their brand DNA that they stick to, but that's just their Instagram. They might use your imagery for a newsletter or for something that might be sent out just to their partners in a brief, like they want to have imagery that can be used regardless or videos or whatever it might be. So step one, creating content in the brand. I mean, if it's a luxury brand, if that's something you can't afford slash don't want to pay for, I 100% respect and agree with that. Definitely don't ever go out of your means or do something that feels like uncomfortable and unnatural just because you want to get a photo. But I feel like if you can do it, then do it and have fun with it. Mm -hmm. The second thing is I feel like this seems intimidating, but is just cold emailing the brands and just being like, Hey, this is me. This is why I want to work with you. And these are the kinds of campaigns I like to work on, you know, not being afraid to be specific, not being afraid to share your rates, even doing things that, you know, just will put you in their mind. Cause that has worked for me so many times. I mean, I've had an influencer who has been really into one of our clients. She's reached out to me, I would say four times. And each time I would say, We have nothing going on with them right now, but the second we find out, I'll keep you in mind. And maybe the first time I wouldn't have remembered. Yeah. She reached out another three months later because, you know, there's so much going on. And then three months later, she reaches out again and I'm like, hmm, okay. Then she reaches out again. And then one final time and I'm like, girl, you are on my radar. I promise you. Trust me. And she's so cute. She's so sweet. And then we ended up getting business from that client and I contracted her immediately and they loved her, which was also exciting. Like she knew she was on brand for them. And so that was super exciting to be able to be like, here you go. Your hard work literally paid off in financial gain and in being able to work with them. So that's something too, is just like, don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to like tag them in your Instagram story. That's another great way to reach a brand. Just tagging them in your everyday outfit looks, making sure that they see you in some capacity, tagging them, emailing them, doing that sort of thing. And then I feel like what I said earlier makes sense is just being yourself on yeah. your Instagram or TikTok or whatever platform you're on, mm-hmm. just showcasing who you are, what aligns with you and what aligns with that brand. Maybe it's that you both, it's about activewear and you're super active. Start posting about working out more. It doesn't even have to be in their clothing. Mm-hmm. It's just something that aligns with them and will align with you and make sense for both parties. And then you can kind of move forward and build yourself a case. So those are my three kind of main things that I always tell people. Yeah, I love that because I feel like brands want to be able to see or envision you in their product based off of the content that you've already created. And so if you're doing that, I feel like it'll be easier for you to work with them in the future. But if you're not, definitely get started because they have to be able to see what you can do, um, especially mm-hmm. if you're still working with them. So that brings me to my next point about pitching. And so I feel like when it comes to sending those emails, sometimes content creators aren't sure what exactly to say, but what do you feel like kind of gets you to open an email or um, say like, oh, okay, like that was, that was a good message. I'm definitely going to keep this person on my radar. (laughs) That's a really good question. Yeah. So I feel like there's a certain equation that people can kind of like put themselves into that makes sense, at least for me. And I'm thinking about the questions I ask creators as well after they email me. So the first thing is obviously the subject and that's how people open an email. 
I know everybody in the industry slash in planet earth is completely different, but I open every email that I get. I've never had a messy inbox. I'm always someone who opens all my emails, but if the email feels kind of like sketchy, I don't really read through it. Like if it just says like at Nora Murphy wants to work with you, I'm just like, I feel like this is fake. I, I hate it. You know, even like like the high there's is just kind of like, well, you have my name, like my name, like you should be able to just say it. I know, right, like, hello, my email, it's my name, right there. So just, like, do that. And that's another thing, yeah. So the subject line is important, making it strong, saying, you know, at Norm Murphy, X, insert client here, like, future partnership opportunity. Then I'd be like, okay, they know who we work with, and they know that they work with me. That's already some research that's been done. It's kind of the same thing as applying for a job, you know, doing your research and seeing who the people are and what they do and blah. Then you're right, <laughs> hi, Nora, yeah. please. <laughs> or Brittany, or whatever my name is. <laughs> don't be, you don't need to call me Miss Murphy or anything like that. Just, just like, just, you know, be, you know, be who you are. Then in the actual body is obviously where now the information is because you caught my eye with the subject. So that's when you say an introduction to yourself. Hi, my name is Nora Murphy. I'm a 25 year old content creator based in Manhattan. Um, I have X amount of followers. You can link out to my Instagram here, my TikTok here. You know, something I love doing is working with brands on beauty campaigns. I love creating content, like a library of content for my clients. And if you have any upcoming events, I would love to be considered for them. Mm-hmm. Then you can kind of go into detail if you have the time about the types of campaigns you've worked on in the past, the ones that you've liked to work on. Obviously, you don't need to harp on the things you haven't liked to work on. But sometimes that is helpful for me because I can be like, okay, she's a beauty girl, let's say. But yeah. she's like, I don't really like doing tutorials campaigns I'm like oh okay then I won't include you but instead you could also say I prefer to work on campaigns where I get to do swatches or beauty reviews that kind of thing being ultra specific without obviously coming off as pushy or anything like that you know just expressing who you are and your interests um is something that I think is super important and that a lot of people again are kind of scared to do I've gotten so many emails where it's like hi Nora like my name is this I live in Ohio and I would love to work with you and I'm like I okay, tell me about yourself. And then I kind of send them follow-up questions because it's obvious that, you know, it is intimidating reaching out to someone. You don't even know if you're going to get a response. So right. once I get those an- those questions answered, I get a lot more information. So I think just including everything up front that you think the brand needs to know about you, again, doing whatever makes you feel comfortable though is what's important. That way they don't necessarily have to kind of chase you for information. You're just giving them everything that they need obviously including your media kit if you have one um that's another great useful tool we store all of our media kits in a folder and when i'm going in for campaigns i literally go through them if i can't think of a creator off the top of my head and i go through my media kits i'm like oh this person is really good i forgot she emailed me mm-hmm. and that's like just a great thing to have on hand so i think yeah just making sure your subject is good it doesn't seem like a bot having your body of your email just being about you and what you can do for the brand like oh i I have made countless amounts of beauty content for multiple clients during the pandemic and their Instagram followers grew by 10% because of it. Obviously that's insane and would be iconic (laughs) if someone did that, but just, you know, including any stats, anything about you that seems enticing, which I'm sure it is. And then just kind of closing it off by being like, I would love to hear from you and do whatever I can do for you and your brand. Just pitching yourself as strongly as you possibly can. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like a lot of creators are kind of just like learning how to navigate the pitch um, as they kind of just learn how to develop their own personal social media presence and voice. And so 
diving into just like what you would predict as far as influencer marketing trends in the space. Um, we've seen a lot of creators, you know, expand with video, with TikTok and IG Reels, and even some creators create other brands like consulting, coaching, or like yeah. just like really cool fashion, beauty brands, whatever the case may be. What else do you feel like is going to happen this year and beyond? Like what, what do you feel? Yeah. So I think in terms of like, not even talking about content, I think in terms of the way campaigns are going to be run um, and should continue running for the rest of eternity <laughs> is with this new air of like flexibility. Mm. So let's say how I said earlier in this, you know, little recording is that I said, you know, when we do pre-sale, we say this is the amount of influencers we can afford at a certain tier. Yeah. Now, for example, we just have a campaign where we promised them one influencer with a higher following, they would do three Instagram posts. And it was for like a sustainability type of campaign. But I found a creator who I thought would be perfect. She had a lower following than what was promised. But we said she could do double the scope of work. The client ended up loving her and being like, let's do this. Let's do one high tier, one low tier, and then their scope of works will both be smaller. Mm. That way we can still afford it. It still makes sense. But this campaign is going to be so much more synergetic now that we have two people who believe in the brand, who are super sustainable, like they made sense. Yeah. It just was like so perfect. And why would you lose an opportunity to work with someone who is perfect when you can just be flexible? So mm -hmm. keeping that in mind, just like industry-wise and then campaign-wise, once you're working in a campaign, the client and myself need to be mindful, like I said earlier, of people's lives. This year has been crazy. The last 365 days, let's say. Even even January was freaking crazy. <laughs> you can, literally. And you cannot expect people to be like, I'm going to post my ad today. Right. Like, you just can't. Mm -hmm. So, like... Keeping in mind that people are people and content creators are not just Instagram ads. They are literally human beings who have a life and who have emotions, who have followers, who have emotions is going to be a huge thing. And I think that has already been become a thing, but it's going to continue growing. So having that idea of flexibility with a campaign in terms of the creators, but also in terms of like the content and what's being produced and when it's being shared is a huge industry trend just in and of itself. Something else that I've been seeing, which is like kind of fun and I guess just, you know, something I'm sure everyone has seen, but I mentioned it earlier, the idea of like the casual Insta is like coming back. I feel like it is far and few between to find people who shoot with a camera and not their iPhone and who aren't posting those like silly photos where it's blurry or in a whatever parking garage. That's something too that we've seen. We kind of call it the no edit edit. Mm. And I feel like you're going to see that everywhere because Instagram is taking a turn again. And it needed to take a turn where people are just posting again because it's fun. It doesn't have to always be and everything has to be about business and making money and being an influencer. You don't always have to push a product. You don't always have to be on your best behavior on Instagram. This is like a reflection of you. And I think that's becoming a huge trend again, which is really fun to see because I think Instagram got kind of dull for a second. It did. Which was sad. Yeah, it did. And I feel like you bring up a really good point too because... That's why most of us gravitated to TikTok because we were able to freely create videos and not feel like this overwhelming pressure to like be good at something or be good at the dances. I was doing TikTok dances and I can't dance to save my life. And so it just like a no judgment for people. Whereas mm -hmm. like on Instagram, you feel like, well, or you felt more like restricted or guarded or like you had to show up as your best self. And so I feel like the more they can break down that barrier, the better, honestly. 
I think so too. And then like what you just said, TikTok video content, Mm -hmm. um, and also audio content. So podcasts, (laughs) but also like clubhouse, like those are going to be huge. People crave communicating with other people like this, like speaking. And I don't think anyone would have expected that, but having video content where you're expressing yourself physically and vocally and people can like engage with it, even like a TikTok duet, like those are so fun and way more fun to watch sometimes than just like, here I am holding a concealer. Like that is just way less enticing. Yeah. Whereas if you're doing like an engaging video, people love it. And if you're doing audio content where you can speak to something, that's going to be really important too in this year. And just honestly moving forward, I think for a long time is having this like 360 look at content creation rather than just Instagram done. Um, it's going to be a lot more of video. It's going to be a lot more audio and it's going to be a lot more casual. And I think just bringing the enjoyment back into like digesting digital content, which yeah. I'm excited for. <laughs> no, I and I, I would have never guessed in a million years that we would even have a, an app like Clubhouse where you can literally listen to panel mm-hmm. discussions. I wish that was something that I had when I was literally like on the train and stuff like that, because it just makes yeah. it so much more fun. But now that we have it, we can better communicate with each other in different and fun ways. So I think it's cool. I think so. Yeah, I feel like when it comes to just like other resources that maybe people can tap into dealing with influencer marketing, what are some of your favorite resources to either like read up on or favorite podcasts, books, documentaries? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have so many. Yeah, (laughs) I obviously listen to your podcast and many others. Um, I was on a podcast earlier. I I keep saying this year because I'm like, when are we even living? Last year, I guess in 2020, um, I was on a podcast with the Bloggist team. They're amazing. Their podcast has a lot of really awesome, influential guests who are industry wide, you know, pretty well known and just kind of gives their expertise. So I've been listening to both, which is funny that now I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be one of those guests. (laughs) It's so flattering. But I feel like just digging into finding anybody else you can find. I know some other creators who I love have podcasts like Natalie Barbu, who's hers is really exciting and really informational. And it doesn't always just have to be about influencer marketing sometimes too, like building a business, you know, this you're an expert more than me building your online business. It's about having that 360 approach. So diving into influencer marketing, definitely another one that I love is the four podcast. I listen to them all the time. The one with James, he's so funny and it's just really informational. And I've loved listening to like his hot takes and everyone else's as well. Um, but then also YouTube videos. I always watch YouTube videos. I always go on Pinterest. Honestly, I feel like I learned so many things on Pinterest, even just like, I know if all other social media went away, I feel like I would keep Pinterest. (laughs) I just love it. Or TikTok. I don't know which one, but I love Pinterest. Um, I learn from there. And then I learn a lot on, you know, like Business Insider, Fashionista, all those websites. But I really love this new thing called LinkedIn Learning. Or maybe it's not new, but it's new to me. And basically, they offer courses for people to take like millions of different varieties. And I'm not sure if it's a corporate thing or if it's something people can access and pay for on LinkedIn. I'll have to look into it. But if anyone out there has the ability to use it, even if it's through your job, definitely use it. I have learned so much on it and they give you these really quick digestible courses that are like episodes, but they're like three minutes long per episode. So that's something I've learned a lot on as well. And I think doing what I'm, this is how I met you doing Mm -hmm. what you and I have done, which is just meeting with people. It doesn't have to be in person anymore. It can be a video call Mm -hmm. because I remember for, you know, all the listeners out there, Brittany and I met over coffee forever ago, I feel. Mm -hmm. And that That was was such an Yeah, you were like in a different part of your career. Like we were both so different. 
that's crazy. It's crazy. And it's like, that helps you learn so much from both ends, whether it's with a client or with a creator, or if it's with creators, meeting other creators. Like I think just speaking with other people is one of my favorite ways to learn and find those, you know, informational ideas that maybe you don't even know about. So that's what I say. LinkedIn learning, YouTube, Pinterest, other Instagram accounts, obviously podcasts and meeting people IRL or virtually, obviously, which seems to be the easiest option these days um, is a great way to just keep, keep yourself in the know and always feel like you have one step ahead, I think. Yeah, such great resources. I feel like I feel like, you know, sometimes a lot of creators forget that the person that they're connecting with on campaigns and things, they're all human. Like we're all human. Like it's good to foster yeah. relationships and get to know them outside of like that campaign. Um, just mm-hmm. because I feel like, you know, you never know like where their career is gonna take you or take them or like the changes. And so you never yeah. know ways that you can further connect with people. And so love that. Mm-hmm. A question about people, I guess, like networking during this time, right? And so I guess, because I feel like people might feel awkward saying like, oh, a virtual coffee date. Like, how do you go about that um, without feeling like awkward or weird about it? I know. I feel like I, I feel like I genuinely feel awkward about it. Like you can kind of fake it till you make it, (laughs) which is like my way of handling things. But something too that we did as a team this year, last year, oh my God, in 2020, the year that just won't leave my brain, I suppose, is we had these focus groups, quote unquote, if you want to call them that, where we got creators together. Yeah. And we basically just like chatted with them. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, hey, this is what the world looks like. What are you guys up to? And we had it for many different categories. It was like content creation, beauty, TikTok group. What was another group that we had? Oh, sustainability group. And they didn't have to be big. They were like, some of them were a lot of people like 12 and then one of them was like three people and we almost canceled it. But I was so glad that we didn't because that means three people get to connect with each other and connect with our brand. And in turn, that means we're connecting them with our clients and our brain. So I think it doesn't mean people have to do these focus groups and seek them out, but I think doing it yourself Mm -hmm. could actually be really fun. Like, you know, I know people on Instagram have a community who they all follow each other and you don't even realize it. And the circle is so small at the end of the day. So maybe finding people in your circle, your virtual circle, who you follow and your followers follow and like they follow the other person who you happen to follow, just connecting that web and everyone getting together at once Mm -hmm. might be so much less intimidating and genuinely so fun. And just put a name to it. Be like, wine night, we're all going to have wine and talk about this. And I'm going to meet this new person. It's going to be great. Or it could be a Friday brunch. People can eat their breakfast together and chat. I think that's a really fun way to connect without it feeling like, hi, this is just you and me. Who are you? And what are we doing here? (laughs) It feels way more fun. So yeah, maybe give that one a try. Yeah, I loved when you guys did that. And I feel like you guys do such a great job of just like further connecting with creators. Um, I know like, one of the first communications you and I had was about an open house that you guys were having. And so I love that you guys do different things like that for us to get to know each other and get to know the brands too. Love yeah. It. It's just about like connecting people. I think like this industry is just so much, not about knowing the right person, but knowing as many people as you can and just like being there for your fellow creators, being there for the, for people when they reach out to you, just like, you know, having each other's back. Cause it's also like heavily run by women, I feel. And we're all in it together. Like we're all here doing the same thing. So it's like, don't be intimidated. We all have the same goal. Let's just like go for it, connect and have fun. Exactly. That's what I was 
collaboration is key. And for mm-hmm. someone who wants to maybe be, maybe they don't want to be a content creator. Maybe they want to be on the brand agency side. What mm-hmm. advice would you have for them for kind of landing a position or the type of experience that you all would be looking for? Two great questions. So I think the first thing that I did not ask myself and I should have, and then God, I ended up working out, but I think you should ask yourself, why do I want to be in influencer marketing? Mm. I think a lot of people see it as like the buzzy job, just as the same as social media was a few years ago. Mm. When I was in college, I wanted to be a social media manager. I was like, that is the job and I need it. And then I interned in social media and I was like, I would rather die. I hated it so much. (laughs) I was miserable and I was an intern. Like I literally did nothing real and I still was like, no thank you and obviously that's like different for everyone but it's because I was like attracted to the like the trendy cute job Mm -hmm. so I think influencer marketing kind of has that like title right now and I love that because it means we're getting so many amazing people interested in the industry and kind Mm -hmm. of validating it because like you said before it takes a little bit to like (laughs) make people understand it and the value behind it which is massively valuable um, so one, ask yourself, do I really want to get involved in this? Do yeah. I have what I like, do I know what this means? And it kind of means what I said earlier in the podcast, just the day-to-day tasks. It's not always glamorous. It rarely actually is, yeah. but at times it's super glamorous and so fun. And you just kind of have to expect that you're doing a lot of emailing, excels, a lot of time organizing things, a lot of time adding up data and analyzing it and presenting it in a way that your client will be happy with and you know you kind of have to grin and bear through a lot of things but that's with any job um so just a knowing that it's not all fabulousness all the time but it is sometimes and then once you get yourself through that point I think you need to look at yourself and say okay what can I add to this industry Mm -hmm. something that's huge that I feel like you and I have been saying throughout this podcast is kind of having that mentality slash ability to be a people person and not be afraid to reach out. Almost all my day is spent reaching out to people on email. (laughs) I'm always emailing people every minute and I'm emailing multiple people, multiple different kinds of personalities. So you need to be able to kind of like put things aside and be able to manage those personalities in a way that's professional, but obviously still friendly because then people want to work with you again. It's a really great way to incentivize people to be like, Hey, we really liked working with who, what, where, we're going to work with them. And you know what, maybe we're going to sign on to a campaign and give them a little bit extra because we like them. Mm-hmm. So being a good person with people is highly important. And that's more of like a qualitative skill. Yeah. Another qualitative skill is you have to be incredibly organized because yeah. we are doing excels and spreadsheets and one sheets for creators and making sure that all their numbers and their bios are perfect making sure their profile pictures are updated. We go through and update their tags Mm -hmm. in our databases. Like if someone gets engaged, we go in and update that. You have to be on the ball all the time when it comes to that kind of organization. Mm -hmm. So just being aware that there's going to be a lot of organization that goes into it um, is also key. And then I guess the third qualitative thing is creativity and also knowledge on the industry. I don't think you can be creative without the knowledge. And I don't think you can be knowledgeable without the creative. So kind of having both those things and being willing to learn, I learn something new every single day because it's always changing. We're never going to be working in like accounting where the accounting rules tend to be the same. (laughs) That is the same thing every day. It feels like to me, I don't know. I've never done it, but math is math. Influencer marketing changes literally every minute. Like we just said clubhouse, where did clubhouse come from? (laughs) So you have to kind of be like in the know 
obviously you don't have to be an expert all the time, but just keeping up with things and then in turn being creative when it comes to the campaigns that you're making. Because now that it's such a thing and influencer marketing has kind of surpassed the hump of being still new, our clients expect coolness. They expect something new. They expect something exciting and you need to kind of bring that to the table. So I think knowing those three things about yourself is something you know, you'll probably be successful in the field if you have all three. And then just not again, if you want to get into the job, reaching out to people, asking for coffee with someone who is in the career. I've had people in college reach out to me, um, asking me questions, you know, just doing those little general interview, informational interviews. Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of, again, what a certain brand expects, because all of them are different. We handle things, I'm sure, very different than something like Revolve. Yeah. Um, knowing that it's different for every single brand. And again, just not being afraid to reach out to people for advice and tailoring your resume, having a million people look at your resume who are in the industry, who are not in the industry, and then reaching out, applying for jobs, and just continuing to like grow your career and get as much experience as you possibly can, and then going for it. <laughs> That's the only way I can see it. No, totally agree. You hit all the points. And I just want to add in there, yeah, you're going to have to be ready to do all of the tedious, time-consuming work, like reporting, because... Uh reporting I like literally I just we just wrapped up some reports for some of our clients and it's just like oh it's so stressful but then also delivering those numbers back to them makes you feel so good knowing that you yeah did exactly what they wanted but like pulling those reports together just prepare yourself for that because my eyes always yeah. so exhausted afterwards I know. And it's you know making sure that everything's in a folder like oh let's say someone sends you your Instagram story analytics I don't want to go missing those because then if I'm missing one slide, their entire data gets messed up and I'm losing swipe ups and views. So you need to be organized and then you're adding them all up manually. <laughs> it's so annoying. Yeah. And then you put it into an, into an Excel and then you add all of those up and then you have to analyze it. And you're right. It takes so long. And it's one of those things where when it comes to the end of a campaign, I'm like, oh, do I don't want to do this. Did we do it? <laughs> Yeah, like how much longer can I push this one off? And then once you're done though, you're right, you send it over and you're like, wow, we actually did something. Like, oh, we surpassed the goal by X amount percent. That was exciting. And you kind of get like the validation, but you don't get it until you do the dirty work. <laughs> yeah, you know. So speaking of that and just everything else, do you guys have anything upcoming like events or just resources that we could tap into to learn more or just be a part of the community? Yeah, so Who Aware is an amazing community of women and men from literally everywhere, all walks of life. Some of them are moms, some of them are teenagers, some of them have careers, and some of them are just getting started. Like, it's a really amazing and incredibly diverse group of readers and of community members. Um, so I think a few ways to stay up to date with us is by subscribing to the Who Aware email. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of fun things going on there. And that includes things like sales. I'm not just telling you guys about influencer marketing. Now we have sales with our clients. We have really cool deals going on. We obviously have a lot of things going on in terms of influencer as well. Um, but I think subscribing to the newsletter is a great way to keep up with us in general. Another really great way to keep up with specifically our influencer team, the things that we're doing, some resources is by following our team's Instagram. Mm. So our team's Instagram is INF, the letters INF buy who what where and obviously you know guys feel free to look it up it doesn't have a ton of followers right now but what we're doing is building it and continuously building it each day mm -hmm. um i'm basically the person who runs it so sometimes <laughs> yeah. i, I 
that's been on there. Especially at the start of COVID, I feel like you all positioned to be such a resource. I love tapping into. So yes, check that out. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we're really working on growing it and kind of becoming what you do. Like we see you as such an inspiration for what we want to feature, which is informational guides. One of your ones that I was like obsessed with was the one where it says like, oh, how to like help a creator without like spending any money. And it's like, like their post, comment on it, save it, like share it with a friend. Like that is so exciting. And I think we're going to lean towards that direction as well as not just sharing what our team is up to, but also sharing resources. But if you follow the INFI who we're Instagram account, sometimes we do casting on there. So if you're an influencer or if you're even a brand, definitely be sure to follow us on there so you can follow along with when we do casting, if you're interested in a campaign or just generally seeing what our team is up to on the daily. Um, and then Who Aware does have a lot of fun things coming up, but I suppose they're all like secret right now. But that just means you're going to have to follow along and see what they are. <laughs> and yeah. then who knows, maybe everyone will have a say in what it is and be able to participate. But for now, it's all in the works and it's all going to be really exciting. So yeah, be sure to follow Who It Wear as well. Definitely. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm so excited. And how can we find you? You can find me again at the INF by Who It Wear Instagram account and by my Instagram, I guess, Nora Murphy. That's it. That's who I am. Or obviously add me on LinkedIn. I love to connect with people there. I feel like LinkedIn is something that I have a weird relationship with where yeah. I hate when I get messages from like those weird ads and I never trust them. Yeah. Because I'm like, you are annoying. <laughs> But I love when I get messages from people who are actually in the industry or any industry and they want to chat, they want advice, they're looking for something, you know, to learn about. Mm-hmm. I really love that. So definitely add me on there and I'll add everybody back um, once I get a few requests, if I get any. But I would say those are the two main places that you can find me. And, you know, if you do, don't be afraid to reach out to me there. I'm like super responsive and I love chatting with people and kind of giving them any additional tips, tricks, advice on anything. So yeah, definitely don't feel scared to reach out to me I'm an open book (laughs) and here to chat with anyone LinkedIn is so slept on so I feel like I've been tasking all my clients to be like go through your LinkedIn messages you might be missing some really good connections in there that you can utilize in other ways like for your business or just like personally so Mm. so true yeah I always go on it and I'm like huh (laughs) there's some stuff on here this is pretty interesting. And it's because I always like avoid it because it scares me a little bit, but it's not scary. It is just good for your career. Yes. So true. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for sharing all of your expertise and beyond. I'm so excited to be able to see what you're up to and more of what who, what, where is up to in the future. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. And it's just so much fun to connect with you too. And you know, all of your listeners out there, I hope someone learned something. And I feel like this was just such an awesome conversation. So thank you for having me. Of course. So that was currently bossing and we will talk to you soon. If you're not already, be sure to follow us over on Instagram at currently bossing and the boss of Inc. If you love our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Your rating helps us to reach other bosses like you who are ready to level up and reach their truest potential. Tune in every Monday for our newest podcast episodes. We'll talk to you then. Bye.